Happy New Year from NSTA, the bus stop. This is the official podcast of the National School Transportation Association. I'm Kurt Mackison, Executive Director. And just as a reminder, the NSTA Midwinter Meeting Light is being held from February 21st through the 23rd in Safety Harbor, Florida. That's right by Old Tampa Bay. So registration and sponsorship information is available on the NSTA website at yellowbuses.org. Now, for our very first podcast of 2021, we're pleased to have Patrick Dean. He's Vice President of Business Development for Dean Transportation in Lansing, Michigan. And he's a previous guest on NSTA The Bus Stop. So, Patrick, welcome back and Happy New Year. Thanks so much, Kurt. I'm so honored to be on the podcast again. And it's awesome to be the first person of 2021 as we uh, turn the page on 2020. So thank you for having me back and excited to share a little bit about the industry and some of the things we're doing at NSTA as a team here. Excellent, Patrick. Thanks so much for joining us. Now, as I mentioned, Patrick, previously been on NSTA, the bus stop, but why don't you start by telling listeners a little bit about Dean Transportation and your role at the company. Absolutely. Thank you. So we're a family business uh, based in Lansing, Michigan, so dead center of the state of Michigan. And I get the great fortune to work with my dad, Kelly Dean, and my brother, Christopher Dean, every day here at our family business. And, you know, like many in our industry, our business goes back almost 60 years, started with an old station wagon with wood paneling on the side of it, where one individual had to get a couple kids to school, the Walnut Street School here in Lansing, and hired his neighbor for a quarter. And before you knew it, there was 10 station wagons. And then in the mid uh, 1960s, Lyle Stevens, who's uh, a long supporter of NSTA, uh, started what was called special transportation at the time. And then my father, Kelly, joined Dean Transportation, special transportation, now Dean Transportation in the mid 1980s after uh, leaving a position as a teacher. So between Lyle and my dad, they started uh, this this company, and we're fortunate to be celebrating a little over 50 years as a true organization and enjoying every minute of it being a family business, working with my dad and my brother. So I'm primarily responsible for business development, uh, supporting our school districts and our superintendents on various contracts and different elements of kind of the day-to-day business of Dean Transportation. Yeah, and I love he- hearing those stories, Patrick. We had Dan Kobison on a couple weeks ago, and talked about similar evolution of uh, and buses and John Benish has, you know, been a guest too. And, and those are just such great stories to share. So I, I thank you for that. Now, as things have evolved with the pandemic and, you know, things in each of the states is vastly different, but maybe for the listeners, you can give us a status report about the current landscape in Michigan with respect to students in the classroom and the various adjustments that Dean Transportation has had to make because of the pandemic? Absolutely. Well, obviously, 2020 to 2021 school year has been unprecedented on many fronts. And so we've really had to innovate in various ways. You know, as we as we sit today, rolling into January's second semester for a lot of our schools in the state of Michigan, you know, about 50 percent of our in-person instruction or those that we operate is running day to day. Many of the districts are planning to come back in January with various hybrid models. It depends on you know where districts are located and certain positivity rates. But you know for those that have started in-person instruction uh, in various forms, transportation's going well. Students are riding. We're able to implement procedures such as hand washing when you're getting onto the bus, cleaning after each route. Uh, we took it one step further at Dean and treated all of our buses with an antimicrobial 
uh, type agent to, to help the spread of uh, certain diseases. We can't claim it kills COVID, but it's part of a, a broader strategy to uh, make sure we're doing our best to, to increase ridership and increase the comfort of being on the yellow school bus. And our drivers are happy to be back. I think that's one of the things that we're really proud of. Our drivers are unsung heroes, essential staff on the front lines that are really, really a huge part of in-person instruction. And we're so proud of the work they're doing every day. And they, they love seeing the kids' smiles. And it's it's been great to see their reaction of being back to in-person instruction. So we're looking forward to more districts opening here in January and then moving into the springtime where we can, we can hopefully get a little sense of normalcy once the, the deployment of vaccine and and uh, weather turns here in Michigan. Yeah, and you, you mentioned the school bus driver, and in our advocacy efforts, we always mention that the school bus driver is the first person the child sees as he or she accesses, you know, education or the educational system, you know, locally. So it's uh, so vitally important that our bus drivers are so engaged, you know, at this level during the pandemic. And, and good to hear that story, Patrick. Absolutely. And, and they truly are. I, I can't understate that how important they are to restarting in-person education. They are there standing ready. You know, we're going through trainings nonstop, preparing for start dates that then get pushed back. And they've been uh, so diligent in, in being ready to go when called upon. Been It's been a proud moment for all of us in our industry. And I think that goes for school bus drivers, you know, all across the country, regardless of whether they work for private contractors or public school districts, there's a true, true passion for what they do. And, and I think that's what makes our yellow bus industry so unique. Yeah, very true. And, and then also, I think we probably need to give a shout out to all the administrative and, you know, maintenance staff, you know, mechanics, you know, all the folks behind the scenes that really, you know, keep those buses, you know, rolling. They've been you know, somewhat in the shadows a little bit, but I think during the pandemic, I think we all have a greater appreciation for all that it takes to keep, you know, 500,000 school buses on the road each and every day, transporting nearly 26 million children to and from school. So that administrative and maintenance staff is so critical to the operations. Oh, absolutely. Just the logistics of our team's planning for certain A and B scenarios or or shifts and um, you know shutdowns versus go this day or that day or the week or those type of closures for certain school classrooms. Those behind the scenes are really working harder than ever, uh, along with our driver aides, our drivers aides, parapros, and so uh, you know it's it's a all hands on deck and a great approach to making sure our kids get in person instruction across the country. Great. I'm going to shift gears a little bit, Patrick. You mentioned your father, Kelly Dean. You both play a prominent role with the NSTA Business Development Committee. Kelly is chair, uh, you as vice chair. Why don't you tell the folks a little bit about some of the work that BDC is doing on behalf of the industry? Absolutely. Well, thanks to your leadership, Kurt, and, and Christina and everything, Jessica, behind the scenes, you know, NSTA has really stepped up to take, I think, a prominent role in the industry as a result of some of the things we experienced in, uh, during COVID. So the NSTA Business Development Committee has, has really focused on a lot of the, the business aspects of, of what contractors face. So that includes you know, types of contract modifications, uh, types of scenarios for uh, you know, what PPE would be required, certain elements of, of different you know, funding across the state. And so business development has been really active in discussions on a, a monthly basis, sometimes every other week basis to provide members information, but also strategies to go back to their, their customers or their school districts and work 
through mutual agreements to to make sure school contract school bus contractors are there when when this pandemic subsides. And so business development committee has been very active, you know, not only during COVID, but also looking at market research on, on market share reports. So understanding how much of the industry is represented by kind of private contractors, and then also uh, working with our American School Bus Council uh, in partnership with our president, uh, John Benish, on various ways to increase school bus ridership globally uh, in our industry. So business development's been active and busy, and it'll, it'll continue to be a priority of ours to, to continue to promote and grow private contractor companies across the country over the coming years. Now, you, you mentioned, a, a, you know, the private uh, market share, you know, project, and, and that's such a vitally important project, been placed a little bit on hold. I think the BDC is also going to look at the outsourcing student transportation toolkit, you know, as we move forward in early 2021. But one area where the committee has been extremely helpful is in the two webinars that uh, we've done with respect to school bus contracts post-COVID, and that was parts one and two that we held past summer. Part three is occurring at the midwinter meeting in Safety Harbor, Florida on February 22nd. Why don't you talk to the listeners a little bit about what, and without giving away the store, you know, you have in store for part three of the contracts webinar, because I think the information that the BDC has put together there has been incredibly in, informative and timely as well, because, because the contracts have really had to evolve during the pandemic. Absolutely. Well, we're looking forward to that presentation at the midwinter medium light uh, coming up in February. And and from our perspective, the industry's shifted. There's been a lot of changes, um, you know, as a result of of COVID nineteen. And so in this next version, you know, we're looking really at how contractors can adapt to, you know, what could be the new normal, some things to consider with with contract structures, certain strategies for for business growth. And really, it's kind of focused on the future of our industry, which we're going to be kind of building out. And and that'll be maybe the the little breadcrumb to to have folks join us in February. Um, But we're engaging all of our stakeholders. There's been many contract companies across our network here that have provided input on what they're experiencing in each one of their states. And we're building out presentation that will kind of address things globally. You know, we continue to be challenged as an industry that each state has different funding requirements or different funding mechanisms, have different regulations. And so, you know, we're, we're taking the high level themes to kind of help operators maybe build the foundation for, you know, new, new models that will help them to you know, whether whether this type of situation, whether it's large snowstorms or pandemics or whatever else may come up uh, in the future. So we hope everybody can join us in February and, and we're engaging folks if they have uh, ideas or comments on, on what to, you know, include in our presentation. We're building that out right now and we, we hope that uh, folks want to actively participate in that discussion. And I'm going to amplify one of the points that you made and, and that's you know, looking for the silver lining within this pandemic, and that's always challenging. But one of the areas is that that as an industry, we can evolve the contract, um, as you mentioned, to take care of unforeseen circumstances, which, you know, may not have been on the front burner, you know, previously. But now that, you know, we've seen the results, you know, through this pandemic, 
or things we can address as an industry moving forward? Absolutely. You know, I, I think as, as we've identified through this pandemic, I mean, the contracted school bus model is based upon operating days. And, you know, inevitably, this pandemic has probably changed the way we deliver education going forward. So on a snow day or maybe a, a snow day shutdown for a few days, districts may have the ability to shift remotely. So what does that mean for school bus contractors who rely on those those days and, and losing a couple of days is material to our, our business models as we obviously have, you know, bus payments and, and infrastructure payments and, and things that just don't go away as a result of reduced service. And so, you know, those are all things we've talked about in part one and part two and have resources on the NSTA a website and, and portal for members. But we look forward to engaging more in that dialogue here in February at our part three series that we will be uh, rolling, rolling out at the midwinter meeting light. Yeah. And just a plug for a couple other pieces of material that the BDC committee has been so involved with. And one is the contract viability toolkit, which is available to all NSTA members. Um, this is, has been updated to include continuity item list. And then also during the pandemic, put together a COVID contract viability toolkit, once again, available to NSTA members. So if you're interested in those two toolkits, feel free to reach um, out to us in the office at info at yellowbuses.org. Switching gears for a moment, Patrick, you alluded to the American School Bus Council. You know, it's been a tricky year for ASBC in that, you know, the organization is put together to help promote school bus ridership. Maybe you can tell the listeners a little bit about what ASBC has been doing and, you know, what you think we can look forward to in the future with respect to the organization. Absolutely. Well, I, I, think, the, I think the world of ASBC and those that, that formed it many, many years ago, you know, this is really the collaborative industry body, bringing all the associations and manufacturers together to really promote the yellow school bus. The yellow school bus is the safest form of transportation to and from school. I mean, that those stats are undeniable uh, and been recognized by everyone on how safe the yellow school bus is. And so for us on the American School Bus Council, as we promote all the safety features, all the regulations, all the professional drivers we have, ASBC has really taken a leadership role in messaging that. And so I think as we go forward, the collaboration between the industry associations and the the uh, manufacturers is going to be continue to be strong to promote yellow bus ridership for the safety, environmental benefits, the social elements, all the things that are positive about the school bus. And so, uh, ASBC has you know worked with some outside uh, marketing firms to promote some some positive messages during the pandemic. Quality of their materials has been great. We've used it here at our company and and shared it with our staff, really promoting the 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 profession that we have uh, the advocation the profession that we have as as professional transportation uh, operators and so we've been very pleased to see ASBC's growth and I anticipate in 2021 the messaging will become even even stronger we're obviously adapting to more virtual formats when we we have love the bus that's typically an on-site event uh, in February to promote some of the positive things looking at that more globally and how the yellow bus is reconnecting kids to education here post-pandemic, um, I think will be a theme. And we're excited to really see that continued growth of ASBC. Yeah. And I guess, you know, our last question here kind of, you know, leads us into, you know, perhaps what the ASBC will be doing too. But, you know, as an industry, as we transition into 2021, 
What are your thoughts about private student transportation and how the industry can rebound after such a tumultuous 2020? Yeah, I think I think for us and our organization, I maybe speak speak first to that. You know, challenges or difficulties grow capacity for firms. I think that many in our industry have have innovated beyond where I think maybe they thought they could they could go in such a short period of time. And, and that goes for all industries, restaurants, others, other industries that have had to adapt. You know, I, I was uh, speaking to a friend the other day about our industry and, and really they didn't, they didn't really think about the effect that virtual instruction would have on yellow school bus operators. It just doesn't come to a lot of people's minds on that we're kind of in the same boat as some of the restaurants or some of the movie theaters and other places that, that have seen the effect. And so I, I would say in general, 2020, we're ready to turn the page on and ready to obviously be on this podcast in 2021 and kick off a a great new year. But you've seen contracted companies, contracted operators uh, in the yellow school bus industry really, really innovate, whether that's technology, whether that's core uh, infrastructure, whether that's new practices and procedures. I think you'll find that school bus contractors are poised to take a strong leap ahead and be industry leaders on many fronts, you know, post-pandemic, because over the last 10 months, 12 months, we've we've really had to reinvent our businesses in many ways, reinvent our structures, reinvent our infrastructure. And I, I think you'll see positives coming out of the industry here throughout the next the next year. Once again, our guest at NSTA the bus stop, Patrick Dean, Vice President of Business Development, Dean Transportation, Lansing, Michigan. Pat, I want to wish you and the entire uh, team at Dean Transportation a very happy and healthy new year. Thanks for joining us at the bus stop. Always great insight and uh, appreciate all your uh, you know, fine work on the business development committee as well as the uh, ASBC. So thanks, Pat. Much uh, good health and success in 2021 for you. Thanks, Kurt. To you as well.